0: Hello, and welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, the host and producer of Confabulation, Montreal's premier all-true storytelling series. Every month, Confabulation hosts a live storytelling event, and every week we share one of the stories from that event. And sometimes we get a chance to talk to the storyteller uh, we've chosen. Uh, this week for the show, we are going to be speaking to Lexi Moscovich, who told a story at April's Confabulation Presents, April Fish, stories of tricks, traps, and getting hooked every time. Surprisingly, a night full of stories of people getting scammed. It ended up being a wonderful night of cautionary tales. Uh, we'll talk to Lexi a little bit about that in a minute. But first, here is Lexi's story.
1: So I'm in a courtroom watching my five-foot-tall neurotic Jewish mother, who's just taken enough out a van to kill a small farm animal, um, get ripped a new one by a very serious, very angry judge. Let's backtrack, 20 to 25 years. My mom's in a grocery store and she's going through the cash register and the cashier looks at her, looks at my mom's antique. Um, Silver snake, s- silver snake ring that she inherited from her aunt a few years back. And she says that it's the most beautiful ring she's ever seen, and she used to have one just like it that was given to her by her fiancé, uh, but unfortunately, she lost it. Um, and we actually found out later that uh, her fiancé had either died or left her or left her and then died, I'm not sure. Um, so um, let's call the cashier Lisa. So my mom kind of you know, feels bad for her and she, she gives her the obligatory um, empathetic head tilt and goes on living her life. So fast forward 20 years and my mom is in the, um, in the parking lot of the exact same grocery store and she's putting her groceries away in the car. And this woman comes bounding towards her and says, do you remember me, do you remember me? And my mom's looking at her like, no, I don't, I've never seen you before. So she goes on to explain that her name is Lisa and she used to work at, the, at this grocery store 20 years ago and she, she loved my mom's ring and she just wants to see it again. She would just really love to see my mom's ring one more time. So my mother for a woman in her 60s who has, you know, she was a former hippie and has been around the block in more ways than one. She's not here tonight I can say that. Um, she's a little bit naive so she gave Lisa her phone number. What followed was months of harassing phone calls from Lisa, from her parents, accusing my mom of stealing her ring. Um, She showed up on our doorstep on a few occasions, sobbing hysterically and not leaving until we called the police. So eventually um, we get a registered letter saying, uh, making an actual accusation that my mom stole her ring and she would like it back and if she doesn't get the ring back, she wants $7,000. And my mom's ring is maybe worth a $1,000 I think at most, costume jewelry. Um, so I actually happened to be at my mom's place when the courier came and like my mother and my late father before me, I have a temper like the contents of Pandora's box. Um, once the evils have been seen, they cannot be unseen. <laughs> so I unleashed a string of expletives a mile long at this poor courier who did nothing wrong but bring us a letter. Um, and my mother responded in kind with a registered letter of her own that said in no uncertain terms, um, eat, eat shit, (laughs) essentially. So uh, then we were sued (laughs) and the court case, uh, the, 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 the courtroom, I don't know if any of you have, have ever been to small claims court, um, we thought it would just be us and the judge and, and Lisa. But everybody who had uh, a court case that day actually has to show up at the same time and um, has to sit through everybody else's court case. So there was about 30 to 40 people in the room and my mom is a nervous woman <laughs> um, on, on any given day of the week but public speaking is her nightmare. Uh, she, she can't do it. So she decided to uh, take an Ativan about 30 minutes before she, she took the stand, um, which is an anti-anxiety medication that will just completely fuck you up. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and about five minutes before she uh, actually took the stand, she, she uh, panicked and she took another one. <laughs> <laughs> so between this and the fact that Lisa had actually subpoenaed my mom's uh, watchmaker because she thought that uh, he was her jeweler and that he knew something about the ring, and this guy was a, um, or is, presumably, if he's still alive, um, a 90-year-old Armenian guy that spoke in some dialect of Franglais and Armenian, and no one was quite sure what he was saying, so I don't even know if his testimony counted. Um, and this, this judge was, um, she, she, must have been, she must have been at it for a few years, and I'm sure she was used to dealing with some derivative of old Armenian men and anxious, neurotic, overmedicated Jews. <laughs> But she had asked the entire room to uh, turn off their cell phones uh, five times. And the jeweler's phone went off not once, not twice, but three times. And each time, he lifted his phone up in the air and and said, I'm sorry, I can't turn off my phone. I have a business to run. And and he ran outside. And each time he came back in and he looked at the judge and said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm sorry. I called her sweetheart about four times and she threatened to to hold him in contempt of court. Um, and I'm surprised that she, she didn't actually end up doing that. So between the two of them um, and the judge who was at the end of her rope, and the entire room was just suppressing laughter at this point. And my, my mother, I, I love her so much, <laughs> but she just has no idea how to act in a courtroom. And to be fair, she'd never been in a courtroom before. But we've all seen episodes of Law and Order, and it's just it kind of makes sense that you don't Stand up and sit down at random, and approach the judge's bench, and interrupt the judge, and interrupt um, you know the other person giving their their testimony. And she did, she did repeatedly, and um, it it just it it went on like this for for a few hours. And although my mother was definitely unhinged, it became clear to everybody else that Lisa's story was full of lies and full of holes. Um, And the courtroom. Uh, the court case culminated in my mom taking out her ring and passing it to Lisa and Lisa looking at it and standing up in a, in a rage pointing at my mom saying, this isn't my ring, you got a fake maid. <laughs> so with that, the judge rolled her eyes and my mom won the case. And we thought it was over, um, but a few weeks later, it didn't take long, my mom started getting flat tires in her car, um, about once a week and this went on for a year. Um, She also got her windshield wipers snapped off and on a few occasions she got shit smeared underneath her door handles and on the handle to our front door. Um, And this is actually my favorite part of the story (laughs) because it begs the question, how was she procuring the shit? Was she shitting in a bag in her living room and storing it in her garage waiting for the moment to strike? Or was she, was she walking around the town just picking up pieces of dog shit and going directly to my mom's house? Um, through my blind anger, I was, I was a little bit impressed actually, <laughs> it's dedication. Um, so we, we got security cameras, um, we hired private detectives and we made countless police reports. And we actually caught her on film uh, probably about seven, seven to ten times, but uh, she had a scarf over her face. and. We didn't want to go to court with, um, with any chance that the case could be thrown out, so we had to wait till we caught her without a scarf on her face. Um, and after one such event, my mom and I went to the police station completely at the end of our rope, and um, one of the many cops at the Outremont police station that we had become really good friends with told us that uh, we actually had the right to perform a citizen's arrest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So what that is basically is we, we, we had cameras set up and there was actually a camera, um, we, cu- we, we got a decoy garbage can and put a camera in it and cut a hole in it. It was, it was very, it was very intricate <laughs> and the screens were, were in our, were in our house. It makes us seem very paranoid actually <laughs> that I'm thinking about it but with good reason. So um, the citizens arrest. Essentially, what that would entail would just be watching the video cameras from inside the house and then when we caught her, go outside and detain her forcibly, but without using too much force. The the lines were a little blurry. Um, And and call the cops immediately and wait for them to to show up. Um, The only part of the plan that probably wouldn't have worked out is that my mom and I were so angry that we couldn't be 100% sure that we wouldn't kill her. so I decided to enlist uh, the help of my my friends via Facebook. So I had posted on Facebook, uh, looking for a strong man to perform vigilante justice mission. Nothing illegal, bring rope. (laughs) And of course the responses I got were from... um, People I had gone to high school with who had been incarcerated, Um, (laughs) strong butch women that I knew with a chip on their shoulder, and guys that I had gone on one or two dates with who were looking for a third date (laughs) slash stakeout opportunity. Uh, Needless to say, we actually didn't enlist the help of anybody, uh, but we stayed up. Um, We took turns for about a week, staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching the video cameras, Um, and she didn't end up showing up that week, but luckily uh, for us, uh, because i don 't know what would have happened <laughs> we um, the the private detective that my mom had on the case uh, actually arrested her the following week, and they had a warrant to search her house and they confiscated clothing that um, she was wearing in in uh, one of the videos and Now we have a restraining order against her, and there 's a criminal court case coming up and my mom, for all of her nerves and, and anxiety, I have I have never seen so happy <laughs> as she is now that, that this woman is probably not going to jail, but um, you know, I don't think I don't think she'll get holes in her tires anymore.
0: We're back uh, here with Lexi Moscovich. Hi, Lexi. Hi. So um, I'd like to start with the question. I think uh, we all had after hearing your story. <laughs> um, what does a silver snake ring look like?
1: Well, <laughs> it looks like a silver ring. In okay. Shape- I had
0: you had me with that. I understood that much. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, like a like a very tiny snake around your finger.
0: Okay. So because when I first. Uh, heard it. I was worried it was like this big biker ring No, it was like a delicate... it's
1: like a delicate. It was a, like, a, like a feminine, a feminine okay. ring. It wasn't. Um, no, my, my mom wasn't the ringleader of a, a motorcycle gang that
0: you know of. That I know of. I okay. mean who kn-
1: really you know what I can't <laughs> actually even speak to that. I don't know. I don't know for sure.
0: i I'm curious, because this story, I mean, this is your story as much as it is your mother's story, mm-hmm. the idea of the two of you staking out mm-hmm. waiting for this woman to come back. But I'm curious, how much did you talk to your mother about this story?
1: Uh, about the story before
0: you told it, I should say uh
1: not not a whole lot um this this has been going on for uh for about five years. I mean, it started you know twenty twenty odd years ago hmm. but um so i've i've just i've heard her talk about it obsessively for for years mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I just wanted to put my own spin on it, and i didn't really i didn't really want to ask her what um what she wanted me to to say because i i've i've almost adapted it as my own story because we 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 both every, everywhere we go i mean everyone we've ever met i think knows knows this story hmm. um, and we we have different versions and there's you know there's parts of the story that i i sort of like better um like the shit being smeared on her car oh man it's it, and that's that's horrendous and that's <laughs> like and the reason that i like that part so much is because that made me so angry mm-hmm. i mean that's such a
0: an insane, childish thing to do.
1: <laughs> it's and, and how and how you know you could go to the, the police station and say this is what's happening. We're being harassed, um, and and they couldn't do anything about it because they didn't. Right. So anyway, that's that's my that's the part that made me the angriest, and um, and that I, I found I found the funniest as well. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. I'm curious then so is, is this a story then that you yourself have told to friends and yeah. family or it's, it's so it's not just your mother who's shared the story
1: no okay. no it's I mean because it's been it's been such a big part of of everything of I mean my mom has been she's she's nuts to begin with but every morning waking up and going outside to check her tires at six o'clock in the morning oh, because she had to get to work for nine or ten and she just wanted to make sure that her <laughs> tires were going to be working <laughs>
0: Where is the ring now? Is it in a safety deposit box? It's is it not, behind lock and key?
1: It's not even worth that much.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, you evaluated it at a thousand dollars when she asked for seven. Is it even like?
1: I don't. You know what? We've never gotten it appraised, and it's and it's. Um, I, I wanted to actually add this into the story because I thought it was so funny. But um, my mom inherited the ring from her great aunt who was a kleptomaniac.
0: <laughs> so it might have been stolen.
1: It might be. It's not her <laughs> ring, but it might be somebody's stolen ring.
0: That would be amazing. Which and I'm glad I that we are sharing the story with the internet so that that person can find you. And the story begins again. I'm sorry. It's all good. Do you want the ring? Do you hope that in the future this will be yours and then it can be part of
1: Absolutely. This? Amazing. I've never thought about it, but absolutely. Because <laughs> it's such a great story.
0: Um, I'm curious about what... Um, Sharing the story like this, a confabulation i mean what was your what was your motivation? Did you need to get this story out there? Was it more frustration at was happening How are you feeling about this
1: um frustration and needing needing an outlet and okay. mostly the frustration of um I actually had recently moved back in with my mom, so okay. just for like a temporary time period so um all i heard about (laughs) at night and in the morning was you know her tires and the ring and and it was it was just kind of a constant um and i I think it's it's just uh i i just i just needed to i needed to share my frustration Hmm. and and pain with everybody um yeah
0: it's interesting because you walk this line between it being a very funny story and it being an incredibly frustrating story and we're, we're with you on that journey um how are you feeling now with this pending court case and everything that's going to happen from here on out?
1: I have no idea. And I'm I I think that I think that she's going to um she's she's going I don't I don't think they're going to send her to jail, but I I hope that the that the restraining order just carries over for a long time for
0: forever. That's my understanding <laughs> of what we want with those things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The, the scene, being in small claims court, having all of these other cases pending, I mean, I've never been to small claims court. I used to watch Night Court when I was a kid on old <laughs> reruns. And I sort of pictured it like that when you're describing it, the idea of just other people waiting to have their cases heard. What was the feel of that room? Like, all of these people just waiting to go up?
1: It was absolutely hilarious because when we first got there, I mean, there's all there was there was let's say four or five other cases, mm-hmm. which were maybe seven people each. So it was a, it was a pretty filled up room, and we were the first we were the first um, case up, and it you know it started off everyone's agitated and they're annoyed and they're waiting and they have to sit through all these other trials, and about halfway through our trial, the tone changed from like just really angry, annoyed, anxious people. To to everybody just having a shit kicking good time, <laughs> <laughs> and you could feel you could feel it, and like the angrier the judge got, and the more just outlandish everybody was acting, like everyone else that was waiting just just relaxed and and
0: like my case is so much easier than this. It's it's parking tickets. Everyone else is just
1: yeah, probably. Pro- <laughs> and we didn't we didn't stay for theirs, which we probably should have. Just you know, in solidarity. Oh well, we
0: right, to like like any good show you want to support the fellow performers
1: right next time and there will be a next time
0: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> we're going back to when when is this going to get resolved
1: um I, I don't know okay. it shouldn't take longer than two years um to to, okay. for, to have the the court case come up um
0: but in the meantime things have have calmed down
1: we haven't has
0: been no there's ha- been no issue
1: yeah yeah as of now
0: fingers crossed
1: fingers crossed but who knows who knows what'll happen
0: how did she find Did you ever find out how she found your your mom's address? Reverse phone lookup? What
1: The the interesting thing is there was like a 20 year gap between the first yeah. time that they had any kind of not even altercation but the first time that they met mm-hmm. um and when this woman found my mom in a in in, in the grocery store parking lot um and it became clear in court because she was talking she talked for about 2 hours just like oh telling every every minute detail of everything and and it's sort of there were a lot of lies and like weird kind of deviations but it it seems like she was following my mother or just sort of staking out like going back to the grocery store Man. and like looking for her car and then finding her car and then following her car back to our home and then knowing where we lived and knowing
0: and and it, you know it took, it took it took 20 years that's that's actually terrifying i yeah. mean when you, It's something that... It's a happy ending. We know that you guys are okay. But that must have been a lot scarier to live through. Was there any moment that you were genuinely...
1: Yeah. Well, it got to a point where we were worried that the flat tires and, you know, the dog or human shit was going to turn into, um, you know, people showing up at the door with weapons or whatever it is. Right. Because you don't know. I mean, crazy people do crazy things. Mm -hmm. And you sort of should expect the craziest things from people who are not stable.
0: (laughs) I'm just glad that even if you didn't employ them, you have a Facebook vigilante force (laughs) ready to come to your aid of, of exes (laughs) and people who went to jail. How many responses did you get?
1: I got, I I told people to private message me and I was so, you know what? I mean, I was surprised, but also it was a crazy message and I was, and I was writing it half, you know, to be funny and and half um, because I really needed help. (laughs) But there were, there were a, lot of, a lot of people that just kind of like, you know, like weirdos. <laughs> you have know, like 400 Facebook friends. I'm not friends with all of them.
0: Yeah, and, I know this game. And
1: and, and, and people, people that you don't expect just, you know, are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Let's, hmm. I have rope.
0: <laughs> when, you, yeah, when you add that little tag in there, bring your own rope, I, I think that was your mistake right there. Because think... anyone who's got their own rope is not cool. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's not where we want to go. <laughs> you had advice for your past self the, the you at the beginning of the story is there anything you would have done differently hmm. not give her the phone number tell your mom oh, <laughs> ne- God. never I can't, give her your number
1: yeah seriously I can't I can't control what my mom does I mean I I just I wish I would have maybe had more patience for my mom throughout this because we didn't mm. know what it was going to turn into mm-hmm. and I thought she was overreacting and it was crazy and okay so you're getting phone calls and just don't answer the phone or you know hmm. but um, yeah I should have seen that this was going to turn into, into this, but how I could have known, I don't I don't know.
0: It was certainly the most extreme case of the weird and awful things people do to one another yeah. that evening. Uh, I, I don't know how you felt about the whole evening, but it was, it was sort of nice to have this story after the story about the woman in the street corners uh, scamming people. Stay tuned for a future Confabulation podcast. If you haven't heard that story, it's great. <laughs> um, what was the experience like for you telling the story to this room full of strangers?
1: Can I say cathartic? Does that work?
0: Yeah, no, totally.
1: It's it's just because it's so interesting when you tell one person and mm. and the reaction that you get from one person is like, "Oh my god, that's crazy." And it's always the same reaction, and I don't know if I was telling the story the same way that I would have. I mean, mm. I didn't I don't usually have 10 minutes to kind of just speak um, so I, I don't I don't know how the audience sort of felt about it and and i mean this might be going kind of not really what you asked me but i i almost felt like i was picking on my mom a bit and i was making her seem a bit crazy which which she is but (laughs) um you know the the story was more about i guess just how things escalate quickly and and um
0: it's funny you say you, you worry you're picking on your mom i don't know if anyone else experienced this i certainly did um you had just enough detail, but also just enough left out about your mom, that I was able to put my mom in her position. I was able to imagine yeah. that world, and I could see that kind of sympathy around the room. So, Has she heard the story yet, from uh, your perspective?
1: No, she hasn't. She
0: so hasn't. that'll be interesting. If you, if you hear this, Lexi's mom, we all <laughs> felt for you very intensely... Uh, and we're worried about you during the story.
1: That's nice. It's just, you know, I'm talking about like her taking Ativan. And like she likes her pills. I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing it again.
0: <laughs> Loose with the pills. Okay, great. I think that's the message we're going to take from this story. Ativan and catharsis. <laughs> yes. The two lessons. Thank you so much for coming in, Lexi. Thank you. And thanks for your story. Thanks. Uh, we will be back on well depending on when you listen to this May 2nd is our five year anniversary party it's going to be uh, the show's theme is Confabulation Presents Montreal Stories stories that can only happen right here then we'll be back on June 6th with Confabulation Presents Fish Out of Water kind of a spin off the April Fish thing I had a lot of people proposing stories for times that they felt like a fish out of water so we're having a night of stories of feeling out of place out of time and just generally out of sync Um, that's going to be at Mainline Theater at 8pm on June 6th. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. I mean, we won't. It's radio. You get that, right? Confabulation the Podcast is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out ConfabulationMontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation the Podcast is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at No More Radio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at MontrealImprov.com.